Good day everyone, you're listening to Time for Your Hobby, and this is episode 180, Creativity at My Fingertips. I'm your host Alex, and today I have the honor to have Simba as my guest on the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, man. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. We made a few adjustments to the questions, but it's still pretty relevant, and Simba is just showing me that he is more than just one thing. So we're going to be talking about his hobby as a whole today. So it's going to be very interesting. So sorry about that. But yes, that's what we're going to do. (laughs) But before we do that, I'm sure the listeners would love to know who is this magical, wonderful man with multiple talents named Simba. Okay, so yeah, first of all, I was born uh, Simbarashe Shasha Jr. Chirisa. I'm of African descent um, from Zimbabwe. I guess I'm a jack of all trades, I guess, is part of the reason why we had to like modify the the questions there. But uh, yeah, I'm just like a fun loving guy, I guess. Yeah, definitely fun loving and very kind and very welcoming. And the creativity this this man has, if you go check out his Instagram, they're very, it's kind of like it takes your soul in a way. It just, I don't know how to explain <laughs> it. It just, it drags your soul and like, ooh, it's, it hits me to the core. But anyways, I'm not here to explain how I feel about it. Simba's going to tell every, all of you how he feels about it and how it has an impact on his life. But before we do that, do you have any social media links, websites, or projects you're working on that you would love to share with the listeners? Yeah, my website uh, just launched. It's uh, carmarilla.com. So that's www.k-a-r-m-a-r-y-l-a.com. So karma and then r-y-l-a.com. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at merk2d4c. That's M-E-R-K, the number two, letter D, the number four, and then the letter C. Perfect. I'll put those down below so people can go check that out. And of, of course, show you some love because you deserve love. And he's he's going through school right now. Things are stressful. So you know what? We're going to show some love for the creativity for the person who you are. Awesome. Awesome. And now today we're going to be talking about visual art. So Simba is a visual artist. At first, I wrote up these questions as a graphic design. Then we kind of changed them to just because he's more than just a graphic designer. He does painting. He does all different types of visual arts. So the best question to ask is, what kind of visual arts do you do? So it's funny that we changed it from graphic uh, graphic design, but I mostly do sketch to digital. Um, a lot of my arts um, starts from me just like sketching up an idea and then putting it onto um, onto Photoshop and then manipulating the image that way. Um, more recently, though, I've just been doing a little bit more of the digital manipulation, trying to find like that you know, I guess, perfect balance of feeling like an artist kind of thing, you know, like um, making making sure that it's super original, but also inspired to a point where people can relate to it. And I definitely have a question I want to follow up to that because I'm, I'm the question man. That's what I do. I ask all the questions, some right off the top of my head, and some of them are pretty ridiculous. But before we do that, how did you actually get introduced to visual art? It's been with me from since I can remember my parents uh, my my father is a, is an artist I have a lot of family members who you know dabble in like sketching and like painting that kind of thing one of my cousins is actually pretty well known in the art scene as well he goes by artistic designs he's um one of the major inspirations for me sort of pursuing my my passion for for creating art. Okay, so you mentioned your father is big into art and your family, friend, cousin, and it, like art is just surrounding you. So a weird question is, do you find yourself pulling inspiration from them? As in like your your unique style, 
has some little flavors from them, kind of like uh, you were inspired by their style. You know what? Uh, earlier on, I've, I've been like when I was younger, uh, it was definitely inspired by by like my predecessors, my parents, and and family members. But I think more now, I'm just kind of you know starting to see things a little bit more differently. So my my style is pivoted from from what it used to be from their sort of major influence, you know? And you just said the key word, your style. So I have to ask you, what is your style? Like, how would you define your creativity as in, what do you make? I try to make evocative work. I, I, it's, it's tough to sort of explain what my, my style is because before um, I would have like my, you know, friends tell me what they thought of it. And some people would be like, you know, this is super Dadaist. This is psychedelic i have pieces that range from you know from yeah psychedelic to surreal um but my style really i would say is juxtaposing you know dark themes with bright colors and i like i like finding that little that balance you know where we where it's evocative enough for somebody to you know have like an impression of it so this is one of those moments where my podcast would be so much better if it was a video podcast so then you could show your work yeah <laughs> so for people listening just visualize this and then go check out his instagram then you can actually see it and now when it comes to these actual pieces where do you pull the inspiration because sometimes you said you start off by sketching and then you go bring it to the digital aspect but where does it begin that that spark it's really just from life events like just what I experience on a day-to-day basis. And it sounds sort of cliche, but really my inspiration comes from what I'm going through. It's like, um, I feel like it's, it's, it's one of those sort of rituals that you go through when you're creating, you know, and it's, it's putting that feeling or that emotion down on paper or, or in the digital like, I guess, field. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like if people were to go through your Instagram page, you would feel this the best. But if you look back at your photos, or not your photos, but your creations, it's kind of like a personal diary. You can look back saying, okay, on this day, this is how I felt. And there, you just, it triggers a memory like, oh, wow, this is what I went exactly. through the next day. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. It's kind of like a visual diary that only you can fully, I wouldn't say comprehend, but like, appreciate to its full capacity because you're the one who created it yeah exactly exactly uh, i really like that i've never encountered that that's kind of cool so now I, I would have to go back to your instagram page and just see okay what was he feeling this day <laughs> <laughs> yeah like like i said some of those like, are juxtaposed on really like bright colors but they're really dark themes so there were times there that um i was going through something pretty pretty heavy stuff you know obviously with the the stressors of school and and uh, my earliest works when um i just first become a uh, you know father right so um yeah you you'll definitely see uh, a lot of i mean i guess you you might see it I, well from one father to another i feel your pain <laughs> <laughs> Yes. But uh, so you do the physical aspect as in you draw or sketch these beautiful masterpieces and you also bring it digital. So on that note, what are the sorry, what are the tools you use to create these projects? Outside of paper and pencil, I've used Photoshop. I've even used um, Instagram, a bunch of other like I've, I've dabbled with Illustrator uh, and the Adobe Creative Suite. There are some online apps that have 
like messed around with just to sort of get that like aesthetic that I'm looking for. But yeah, I'm just I, I any sort of tool I I can get my hands on I, to create something I'll use. And within these tools, you say you use a pencil or a pen and paper or just pencil and paper. Do you actually color first within the pen and paper or you do the coloring afterwards in the digital aspect? I've done I've done uh, coloring on uh, Wacom, which is like a digital uh, pen. Yeah, it's a digital pen. I've done coloring on Wacom and I've also done coloring on the actual like paper and then modify the colors on Photoshop just to give them a little bit, you know, more oomph, you know, make it brighter. Mm -hmm that kind of thing. And when it comes to the colors themselves, do you have colors that you prefer to use that it just feels more comfortable or it's just familiar or brings you more calm and peace? I'm really in love with the earth tones. The, the earth tones just cuz like, you know, earth is all around us, but um I really like the like the the browns, the greens, um but my favorite color to work with, I would say is like a, a purple or green. One of those two, yeah. So I'm guessing you have a lot of those projects out there with purple and green, right? Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of purple on my on my art. Okay, now this is going to be the toughest question I'm ever going to ask you, and I'm sorry, it's going to put you right on the spot. Out of all your creations that you've created, which one was your favorite? Oh man, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a tough one. Okay, so I guess it would it, if. If I'm going to be a thousand percent honest, it would be um, the piece called House Rules. Um, I won't get into the reason why. I'll let, I guess, your listeners go in and, and check out uh, House Rules and, and, and you know, get their sort of impression on, on it. But yeah, it's, I think, House Rules. Otherwise, it would just have to be like my most recent art piece. And without going into details of house rules, how would you describe the actual, what it looks like? Just out of base, to just give those people a little bit of, mm, I want to just go check it out right away. When I was creating it, I was creating it to sort of represent the creative process in general. And um, and just like fleeting and random thoughts. So it's um, a hand and creativity is emanating from it, I guess. So I, I called it house rules because of, you know, whenever if you've ever uh, heard about the adage, whenever you go into like um, a casino, the house always wins. Right. So it's like I wanted to call it I would represent something like, you know, when you're creating, you you always win kind of thing, you know. It's funny. Well, I say it's funny. It's yeah, it's funny that you say that because the title of this podcast episode is Creativity at My Fingertips. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, this, this was definitely planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, no, I knew from the get-go that was your, your favorite one. And I'm like, yeah, I, I, I knew it. <laughs> and uh, when it comes to learning new skills, because art is such a like massive space where you can always learn new techniques and new stuff, where do you usually go? to improve your skills? Uh, YouTube. YouTube is by far the number one resource I have for learning new things in, in art. Just because like a lot of the tools that I use, they have sort of um, a platform where they talk about any sort of innovations that they may have to their to their um, software or or that kind of thing, right? So you stay up to date on YouTube. I've tried 
courses like uh, Coursera. It's like an online like learning university college where you could get a, like a bunch of different classes. Uh, I've tried Coursera, but I find YouTube is just there. It's like the most potent sort of place where you can find information. You type in exactly what you're looking for. And more times than none, there's going to be a, somebody explaining how to do it. And have you ever, let's say, learned a bunch of techniques and then try to modify them to suit more your skills? So pretty much created your own technique. Yeah. So um, I'm actually a self-taught artist, right? So a, a lot of it is, was sort of trial and error, experimenting, and then, you know, later remembering, oh, this is how I did this. So I want to do this for this next project, you know, or getting that same sort of, you know, look. And when it comes to the projects themselves, do you tend to come start a project and complete it all in one sitting? Or do you start a project, come back to it maybe a few days later saying, you know what, I wasn't inspired now, but now I know how to finish it? It depends. It depends on the project. But a lot of times, I know like earlier, we were, we were just going to go with the, you know, uh, graphic design uh, questions. But yeah, for for a lot of my commission-based projects i try to get it all done in one sitting uh, i don't like to come back to it just because you know like the creative process is it, it can be tough especially if you um you second guess yourself right so and and when there's a customer involved it can be very 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 like counterproductive to put it off for me anyways but um for the most part the pieces i'm most proud of they've taken me upwards of like a year to sort of like, oh, you know, wow. yeah, just, I, I want this. This is the idea that I had in my mind. And what is it that I want to do to make it come to fruition? Like I have a bunch of iterations of the same sort of piece, like thousands of times. So like if you, if you check like my phone or my, um, like my internet files, it'll have like maybe, you know, butterfly effect, like 16 different variations, different color palettes, that kind of thing. So you mentioned second guessing yourself, which is a pretty much a to addictive, toxic thing when it comes to creativity, because the moment you start second guessing yourself, it can become a cycle and it just keeps on going for a project. So with mm -hmm. that weird segue I'm doing, has it ever happened that you've completed a project and let's say, for example, the one that you took, it took you a year to complete. Did you ever complete it and then look back at it and it's like, oh, I could have done this. Should I touch it? Should I redo it? Like, do you ever do that? For for the long-term projects, nah. Because it's after a certain point, it's like I've already just been looking at this thing for like forever. I don't want nothing to do with it anymore. But for some projects, I'll look at it and and I'll, I'll, I'll be like, okay, well, I need to redo this. Like, uh, for example, I did a triptych of um you know the see no evil speak no evil hear no evil like those monkeys it was zaru kiki zaru and mizaru uh kika zaru and mizaru those monkeys i had done uh gorilla versions of them a, a couple years back and then just this past year i was like you know what like i i, I just want to fix this like something's off about it you know so i just redid it and then took down the original so I'm an artist as well. When it comes to music production, I have started 
so many projects, like an abundance of like instrumentals I've started and they're just left there. So for you, have you ever just started a project and they're just still there in your bank to this day? Oh yeah. thousand percent. (laughs) There's so many, so many pieces. And I'm like, uh, I feel like this is contrived. Like if I put this out, it'll seem forced or like, you know, sometimes the timing just goes against it, you know, like, um, like I want to put something that's like, you know, a, a bit racy or, or, um, or that might, you know, be a, a bit controversial and then something will happen in the news and I'll be like, ah, I can't put this out. It'll be like <laughs> too soon, you know? But yeah, I have, I have a bunch of just random images that are just like in my art vault, quote unquote. And have you ever, I don't know, this is a weird idea that just popped up in my head, but have you ever seen one of your older projects and another old project saying, you know what? alone they're like eh but if i were to combine them together that's an idea right there yeah there was this there was a, there was one time i was working on like a digital uh gallery just because you know covid happened and i was trying to figure out you know what's the best way that i can you know showcase my art and i there was this trend sort of where everybody was putting their art in like a digital art space right so i was like oh you know what let me jump into that when I did, I noticed that certain pieces looked just so much better together. And it was almost like there was a theme um, that was going with it. And it, it makes sense because like, like during that time or during those epics in my life, there'd be like a, you know, reoccurring theme of like, you know, if it was like heartbreak or like if it was like failure, you know. So when you put them all together, I was like, wow, this is, this is amazing how you know the creative process can like it it just rewards you over and over and over again and you said some projects take you up to a year to complete and some right away for on average how long would you usually take to complete a project that that is not commissioned usually like a day or two it doesn't take any yeah it isn't no longer than a day or two okay so within that day or two does it also ever happen that you're let's say you're on the bus going to go do groceries or going to class and then you have a sudden hit of inspiration you're like i need to stop everything i'm doing i need to like just draw this down or are you the type of person that says you know what i'm gonna remember this later i've left myself like voice notes saying you know you know like remember this or whatever but um, a lot of the time if i don't just jump into it right away like i'll just forget about it like for example this is one piece and hopefully i hopefully talking about it is going to like inspire me to actually push it out but um i want to call it breathe right just because some one one day somebody said something along the lines of like you know when you start noticing your breathing or if you talk about your breathing all of a sudden the way that you breathe changes and <laughs> and then i was like that's so crazy right like um that sort of unnerving feeling i wanted to put that on paper and um, I still haven't figured out h- how to do that, you know, but I guess uh, I guess hopefully when, by the time like everybody hears this, I like, would have put something out, you know, <laughs> you know, it's crazy. The moment you say, you know, when you start thinking about how you breathe and then you start breathing weirdly, you yeah. make <laughs> me think about how I was breathing. And yeah. guess what happened? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I have to look away from the microphone. Things like pretend that I'm a normal human. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like losing my breath it's the same thing with staircases <laughs> <laughs> were you just thinking about staircases you make you get tired or, or what for staircases is basically when you're going upstairs you ask yourself how am i doing this and then you kind of like trip 
<laughs> oh yeah. You tell me that never happened to you? Oh man, that's never happened to me. Okay, maybe I'm just. But I'm, I mean, I'm not saying I've never tripped on stairs before, but I've never had that. You know, oh, how am I walking right now? <laughs> but <laughs> well, that's awesome. Yeah. See, that's that's the part that where I'm a little different, I guess. Um, <laughs> so for you, what would you say is the best part about being a visual artist? Like that cathartic feeling, you know, when when you have nowhere else to sort of turn to you know that you have your your creativity to to lean on you know even if if you're going through something very very difficult that in and of itself can be inspiration to to create something and and i think just having that as a a tool therapeutically uh is, is like an is a great you know great thing just even just for humanity, I guess, you know, beauty saves the world. Dusk, yes, he says. Absolutely. That's exactly why I have you here to just show your beauty. <laughs> and I appreciate you. <laughs> well, I appreciate you appreciating me appreciating you. <laughs> <laughs> and so this one just popped up in my head as well. Is there a tool that does not exist, but you wish it existed that would actually make the process, whether easier or more enjoyable for you? Um, I haven't thought about this, but, you know, when you're speaking with like with a with the client and you're trying to figure out what the best what what the idea that they have in their head is i think one where a tool where you could you know speak um sp- sort of speak it into fruition that would be super cool like we're already you know in that age where you know augmented reality and like virtual reality is like taking over and people are developing all kinds of different tools but i think one where you could actually talk it into existence like say hey um you know put a put a blank uh page and source skulls or whatever the case may be onto the image i think that would be super cool kind of like a copy paste for your brain like if you imagine something you just paste it right there (laughs) yeah say something like that yeah that'd be that'd be cool now you also mentioned augmented reality virtual reality have you ever tried one of those because i see these everywhere they kind of do like this 3d like like i don't know 3d painting or live visual art have you ever tried one of those yeah so i was actually one of the earlier adopters of um of vr i started with like the oculus rift uh back when i just like first came out and um and then i started playing with like the uh, a few different apps on there where you can like make 3d sculptures i'm like i'm not very good at all but like you know it was it's it's something fun to to do but with augmented reality i haven't i haven't had too much experience with that outside of like you know like the phone apps and that kind of thing have you heard of like uh, i think it's called um microsoft lens or something like that it's a supposed to be for augmented reality that does sound familiar yeah but mind going into detail for people who have not heard of it i'm i'm I don't, i'm not sure if that's the the right name i'm thinking maybe it might be a different uh different name but it's basically like a virtual reality augmented reality headset and so, and so it's like an app for your phone right it's no it's like a standalone sort of hardware and once again we're we're pretty much in the early stage of vr and augmented reality so 
the creativity aspect and what people can do with it is just astounding at this point. And it's only going to get better with people's creativity. For sure. And these kids are coming up with a a bunch of different innovative ways of integrating their artwork into different applications. So you can appreciate it on like a, a bunch of different scales. And then also on top of that, people can, just because of the nature of art, people can manipulate those pieces and and then proliferate the you know the artwork that way. It's called Hololens. That uh, that's what it's called. Yeah, augmented reality headset. So for people who are interested, go check it out. It is. It looks pretty cool. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just looking at a photo right now. It looks. <laughs> if I were to describe it for my listeners, it is kind of like a headband, and then there's sunglasses in front. But yeah, it's more than exactly. just that. <laughs> there's a lot more yeah. than just that happening. But back to you on the visual artist aspect. Is there something that you know now that you wish you knew when you first started? Numbers uh, don't matter. Numbers don't matter. It's all subjective. Um, And as long as one person likes your art, that's all that matters. And I wish I wish I had known this, like actually known as it's, it's one of those things where, you know, you hear it all the time, like don't, don't care too much what people think. But in the field where you know, a lot of times as an artist, you're creating and that creation is your baby. You sort of tend to take things to heart. Right. So um, I think that if I was to tell like younger me, you know, some advice that I'd just be like, hey, listen, like somebody don't <laughs> it doesn't matter what any of these people think. Uh, I mean, to an extent, <laughs> it matters. But like as long as you like what it is that you've created, that's all that matters. You are absolutely right. And this happened to me a few times and I'm still perplexed on how. I don't know if it ever happened to you, but when I create a project that I put my heart and soul in an instrumental, I'm like, I would love this. People are like, "Mm, it's okay. And then when I create one, I was like, okay, this is just a stress reliever. I'm just going to do something quick. People are like, wow, I love this. You're like, what? Wait, how? What? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, that happens. That happens almost all the time. It's like, my favorite pieces i'm like why what nobody likes this i don't understand and then i'll just like make something like in two seconds kind of thing throw it on social media and people will be like this is amazing i'm like i love it and then you're like trying to sneak in the big one like the one you actually worked on yeah but what about this one this one's a lot better right <laughs> it's how the yeah. world works i guess people have different tastes and for you what was your biggest challenge when you first started visual art when I first started, I was creating for other people. So I think my biggest challenge was getting my head out of that. I'm doing this for somebody else kind of thing. So and and then also trying to create something that was in somebody else's head. Right. So for a lot of um, the people who I you know started working with, um, they'd ask me to to create a, you know, like a project or um, a design and they wouldn't like the first or second or third iteration. And I was just sort of letting myself be spread thin by continuing on with the iterations without like charging for it or or that kind of thing, right? So I think a big, the biggest hurdle was just getting over that, like creating for other people and more so like just creating for myself. In, in the world of creative arts, you're never gonna please everyone. That is something that every creative person has to understand. And once they're coming into the creative aspect, 
everybody has different tastes. It's kind of like saying food, for example. Everybody likes food differently. There's not one food that is universally loved by everyone. Exactly. Everybody has a different palate. And, you know, it's funny that uh, you say that because we're talking about or you you were talking about your music, right? And I was recently introduced to this genre of music called, uh, I think it's called noise music. And at first I was like, how can anyone listen to this? But then I found myself listening to like, you know, two, three hours of Merzbo <laughs> and it's super experimental music. So it's like, yeah, there's a palette or everybody has a different palette and everybody has, uh, there is something out there for everybody, right? So exactly to each their own. And for you, what is your current latest challenge these days? Just finding a balance, honestly, uh, finding a healthy balance between my studies and and creating. And I'm working on, you know, finishing my my book series. So just, yeah, just finding a healthy balance and the time to sit down and really relax and enjoy life. I think that's the biggest hurdle. Well, first of all, once that book does come out, you got to send me the link. I'll add it down below in the show notes so people can go check that out. Oh, thousand percent. <laughs> <laughs> but in the meantime, if they are interested, there is a, a, a copy. It's called Work Magic, Carmarilla Work Magic. Um, actually went uh, as a number one bestseller in uh, Black African urban fiction. So yeah, check it out. Perfect. And once again, I'm going to put that down below so people can go check that out once it's out. This episode's coming out, I think, in February. So you have time to finish it and also focus on your studies. That's important. Awesome. And then also focus on yourself. That's the most important thing. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> and a thing that, that doesn't help with self-healing, what is the most stressful part about visual art? I know it's just like, oh, visual art, so calming. But what's stressful about it? I'm just throwing you back on the, the pressure plate. Yeah, I think... I, I think just dealing with different personalities, the creative part of um, visual arts is, is no problems whatsoever. But like when you're, you know, creating for somebody else, then you have then, you know, you find these hurdles where you know, have to overcome the fact that somebody might not like what you've created. Right. Um, or that you've spent so much time doing something and it's, you know, deemed subpar or whatever the case may be right um i think that's the biggest biggest challenge and on to a darker side as well what are some misconceptions about people who do visual art i think a big misconception is that there are introverts and technically like i feel like i'm an introvert but like i feel like um i feel like there's a lot of yeah there's this is the stigma where you know it's sort of nerdy guy in his parents basement making artwork for you know starving artists kind of thing you know that perception i think uh that's the biggest misconception and then you've proven that you're more than just an artist i'm not saying it's bad to be an artist but you're in med medical school right so yeah <laughs> <laughs> so there, there you go there you go yeah, for sure. It's 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 cool. And I and, and one thing I will say is that don't let anybody tell you what you can or can't do. It's like w when I was younger, somebody mentioned, like, you know, if you're an artist, you should just like stick in in your lane kind of thing. And um, I was inspired by the story of, you know, Leonardo da, da Vinci and um, how he's contributed so much to the medical field. 
as an artist, right? And just that in and of itself, I mean, he wasn't necessarily like a scientist or whatever, but just because just because he was able to sort of toe both lines, I think it's a testament to the fact that we can do anything we put our minds to as human beings. Absolutely. And the fact that people have diverse interests contributes to humanity, society, and the well-being of everything. Yeah, we shouldn't just be put like into these boxes or labels of, you know, Simba is an artist or he, that's why I was like, I was having a really hard time. I was like, ah, I mean, I do so much more than just like, you know what I mean? And same with you, like you, you're creating music, you, you know, uh, father, <laughs> so much more, right? So yeah. Yeah. For, being a father, I wouldn't call it a hobby. That's <laughs> no, my geez. Yeah, no, not at all. No, 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 no. Yeah, like I think uh, hobbies are things you can put down for a while and come back to it. <laughs> like you can put it down for six months and come back to it. You can't necessarily yeah. do that with kids. You got to be yeah, present all the exactly. time. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> and uh, for you, what has visual art taught you in life? Just to be patient and to pay attention to to signs. Honestly, like there's so much power in not only symbolism but in you know color and just paying attention to these, just everything that that happens in life. Um, visual arts just taught me to be patient with, with when you're observing something or a situation or scenario, uh, something might, might look one way in one moment, but in another, it might be like totally different. Right. So uh, the same thing is true in life. You know, one thing might, you know, you might perceive it one way, but it might actually be in reality, something totally different. Now, for people who might be interested in picking up this hobby, do you have any word of advice for them? Don't be too hard on yourself. I find a lot of people who start creating art are they start comparing themselves to, to other, you know, artists that may have been in the in the game a, a lot longer. Don't don't be hard on yourself. Just do it for you. If you think it looks cool, that's all that matters. And if if you're you know creating for somebody else and they don't like it that's got nothing to do with you it's their perception of it right and that's not necessarily the end of you know it's not the end all kind of thing right so yeah just um don't be too hard on yourself i think would be the best advice i would give to somebody starting exactly if they don't like your food you're serving i'm using a weird analogy if they don't mm -hmm. like the food you're serving go eat at a different restaurant exactly exactly that's a good analogy I've asked this question at the beginning of the episode and I'll ask it again at the end because I want to promote you as much as I can. Do you have any social media links, websites, projects, or anything at all that you would love to reshare? Yes. Uh, so I am on um, Instagram at Merc2D4C. That's M-E-R-K, the number two, the letter D, the number four, the letter C. And on um my website is www.carmarilla.com. It's karma, K-A-R-M-A-R-Y-L-A.com. And same thing with the, the social media for Carmarilla. That is on um, at Carmarilla. Perfect. I'll put those down below so people can go check that out and show you some love. Now, if you've listened to a few of my episodes, the last question I ask is the one that I go on the pressure plate. I don't know why I'm using the term pressure plate, but that's where I'm on right now. Do you have any questions for me about visual art? 
what would be the first project you would do for if, if you were to do something creatively in the visual art space? So interestingly enough, I like to dabble in visual arts. I don't really talk about it, but I like to mess around. It's I used to when I was a kid, I used to love drawing. At one point, I redrew a bunch of new Pokemon. Like, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to create a whole new set of 150 Pokemon that look completely different. Oh, OK. OK. <laughs> I was <laughs> a kid. Awesome. I was into Pokemon. And now I created like these. I like these abstract, but kind of like abstract, but with structure in a way. So it's kind of like very visually pleasing and like, whoa, it's wild, but it still has structure to it. It's a weird way. I don't know how to explain my art. I'll show you a picture of what I've created. And I like messing around. Lately, it's a lot of uh, graphic design for fun. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I'm all over the place. I, I think it's the same creativity that comes from the music where I just start a little thing and then I work around it. I'm like, oh, well, what if this goes here? Okay. And then I start mm. building it. And yeah, that's the, I guess uh, I dabble in it. I don't think I've ever talked about it to anyone really before. but Hey, there's a first time for everything. <laughs> you know what? Um, I'm really interested in that uh, whole new set of Pokemon. Maybe we can like do a collaboration <laughs> or something. That'd be that'd be awesome. Oh boy! It's look, I I did it. It is not beautiful whatsoever, and I probably still have the book at my parents' place. Like, I if I actually still have like I used to write uh, lyrics. So I used to be a hip hop artist and MC, and I still mm. have my lyrics from like back in 2008. And I'm like. <gasps> Wow, these lyrics <laughs> sucked. <laughs> and my first song is still on YouTube. And it's just like, oh, it's cringy, but I'm leaving it up there because it's memory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't be too hard on yourself. Like we were talking about, you know, and there's, there's something for everybody, right? Exactly. And you're just you're providing the content. Yes, for people listening, whatever I found cringy is out there for the public. I'm not taking it down. It's part of who I am and how I became who I am today. And it's theoretically thanks to stuff like that that made me do this podcast. <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> that's me in a nutshell but yeah today it was all about you so there you have it another body with a hobby thank you simba for coming on simba and i, simba and I go way back ottawa man right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we go way back and it's great to catch up with an old friend and if you guys want to learn more about simba go check him out i'll put all the links down below they'll be right there for you to go check out and show him some love if you'd like to be on my podcast or have any questions at all you can send me an email at timeforyourhobby at gmail.com and of course if you want to show some more support i also have a patreon with a lot of interesting tiers and i'm thinking of maybe changing it up a little bit add some different things i don't know but we'll see how that comes along uh you can also leave reviews reviews are good they help me realize how much i mess up you can also leave positive reviews on how awesome my guests are i only accept positive reviews for my guests negative reviews for me is fine i can take it i'm both both people can take critics criticism right yeah anyways uh yeah that's there if you want to show some support on that end but what you do have to do is go show simba some love because his creations are very very beautiful visually appetizing i'm trying to be creative with my sentences <laughs> they're great they're fantastic so go show them some love so once again thank you so much simba i appreciate you so much take care thank you so until the next episode make some time for your hobby take care <laughs>